<laughs> for once we're both chipper and upbeat. We're faking it, baby. Hey. So <laughs> welcome to three funny ladies. And that is Susan Jacobs. And that's Joe Bailey. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, 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 uh. How the fuck are you? No, you know, same old fucking same old. Same shit, but a different fucking day. Yeah, same shit, different font. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say different fuck. <laughs> same shit, different fuck. <laughs> oh. Um. Yeah, nothing's nothing's. I'm I'm watching. Nope. Hmm. It's all right. Like as we speak. Yes, I'm not paying attention to you. I was right before this, and I have uh, about a half an hour left. Is it on the site? It is. It is. I don't want, well, we've already talked about that. I don't want to, I mean, it's not like, I don't want to see that. I just have no (laughs) interest in seeing that sort of thing on my (laughs) television. Um, So you'll have to report back when you finish it. Okay. I mean, I love the actors in it, um, but it's just sort of like, meh. Yeah. You watching anything else? Uh, let's Look, see. Reading, seeing, loving. Loving, loving, laughing. Live, laugh, love. No, no. Oh shit! What? No. Oh, oh no. <laughs> um. What about you? I started. So okay. So I started to watch <laughs> iCarly. Okay. There's a reason why, because I'm uh-huh. listening to the book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Oh, yes, yes, yes. By Jeanette McCurdy, who is on iCarly. Correct. I've correct. had 0.0 interaction with iCarly in my life. I mean, so, that wouldn't surprise me. So. Right. Although I did watch all of Hannah Montana. but um, That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jeanette McCurdy's book, I have... Uh, like an hour left of it. It is so goddamn good. Really? Yes, it is. I've... Really? Yeah, it's there. Really, I don't have the proper words for it. It's um horrifying it's and insightful, and it's just it's it's all these things. Okay, I've been intrigued by it. So yeah, and so I just wanted to. Put sort of a name to a face, if you will. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so that's why I started to watch iCarly, um, okay. which you know is is what it is. Uh, I mean, but I yeah, it's a Nickelodeon show. What are you gonna exactly, do? exactly? But I really can't recommend her book enough um, to anyone out there. In I was going to say in TV land. I don't in know. TV why land. I we're on the TV now because we're on TV. Our, we've landed a show on Nickelodeon. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I'm doing that and, uh, I don't think really that we have watched anything else. Joe's been at rehearsal cause we're opening our new show tomorrow. Oh, By the time this drops, it will have opened already. Right. And, uh, yeah, I was off last week, but we already covered that cause we recorded last mm-hmm. And this week, I just feel like I've been shot out of a cannon. It's just been such a crazy, crazy week. She-Hulk has started. We started She-Hulk last week. Did you like it? Or do you like it? I do like it. I do like it. It's very different. Um, Now, hold that thought. I read a headline today that was something how She-Hulk clears up when Ed Norton was Hulk. Or something to this effect? Uh, if it does, then it's in today's episode. Okay. Um, and I haven't watched it yet. But I would also say any Marvel headline that you see, take with a grain of salt. A lot of it's bullshit clickbait or okay. like fanboys who have weird fucking outlandish theories that are based in zero reality. So mm. it's possible. Um, but I haven't seen that yet, but it's only on the second episode today, and we haven't watched it yet today. So, oh, today's the second episode. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know, but those those articles tend to come out, you know, the morning of because I think the episodes drop at midnight, and those people hmm. watch them at midnight and then write their article. But yeah, when you see a Marvel thing, 
Uh, usually it's bullshit. Um, okay. Well, if if something comes up, I'm I'm curious. So yeah, I'll let you know. I will Thanks. let you know. I had an interesting occurrence today. Ooh, what? Because I my car that I drive is a lease. Okay. And so today I was like, I feel like I had this car for three years now, which is what a standard lease is. But I haven't heard anything from the dealer about bringing it back. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, would I have done a four-year lease? And I was like, that just doesn't seem like it's a thing. So I called them today and I was like, hey, I have a lease. And can you tell me anything about when it's done? And he's like, I gave him my information and clickety-click, clickety-click. He's like, yeah, you're up tomorrow. Holy shit. I know. And I'm like, oh, super great. So I guess I should bring this back to you tomorrow then. Uh, And I uh, need a car. So he was like, are you going to need a new car? I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I'm going to need a new car. (laughs) Um, Because we live in Detroit and there is no public transport. Right. That's so weird. I know. And like the, because this is the second lease I've had with the, with these people. And the last time. They started sending me stuff months before my lease was done. Like, if you want it, you can turn it in early. Here's this, that, and the other. And then I was like, I've gotten nothing. And he was like, is your email still this? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't know why you didn't get them, but maybe they went in spam. And I'm like, I guess it's possible because they never check my spam when I delete it. I just Mm -hmm. delete it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I have to clean my car out, too. Yeah, right. Right, 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 right. And I was going to do that last week when I was had free time, and then I just didn't. didn't. And yeah. so now it's a must, a must do. A must have, a must accomplish. Well, so, I don't have any cars, so I don't have to worry about that. So that is something that's going to have to be taken care of. But thank God, I just had that little bee in my bonnet so today. Weird, uh, little busy bee, little car bee. Oh, I you busy. I thought you said Biffy. Biffy B. You little Biffy B. Oh, who's a little Biffy? <laughs> um, I had another list that I wanted to share with you. Oh, yes. Because, you know, I love my, my listicles. Yeah. The 15 essential John Williams scores. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> ranked. Okay. Fun fact. He's actually not my favorite composer. He is oh. second. Who is Hans Zimmer? Ellen Silvestri. Oh. Back to the Future. Ellen DeGeneres. (laughs) Ellen DeGeneres. Back to the Future and the Avengers. Oh, interesting. Oh, he did the Avengers? He sure did, buddy. I didn't realize he was still alive. Right? He should be dead. He's not. But I mean, John Williams is like 153. This is true. This is true. All right. Um, Let's hear this list. All right. Number 15, Memoirs of a Geisha. Who cares? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Number 14, Far and Away. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> Number 13, Home Alone. I would have ranked it higher. Did Home Alone? I love the score to Home Alone. Number 12, Star Wars Episode 1. Ugh. What? Number, Wait, what? Okay. Oh, I'll Episode 1. I'm so sorry. I'm, the Phantom I'm Menace. Not, I got it. Yes. No. Agreed. You the said Phantom. 1. I thought A New Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do not. Yeah, because we don't believe in those. <laughs> they don't exist because we don't believe in them. <laughs> Number 11, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Okay. Number 10, Saving Private Ryan. I almost said Saving Private Benjamin. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, right? Junior. Yes. Yes. Jam, 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 jam. Private Benjamin Jr. Um, <laughs> number nine, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay. Saving Private Benjamin Jr. <laughs> Nora Ray Jr. Number eight, Superman the movie. Uh, Ooh, gross. Number seven, Schindler's List. (laughs) Number six, The Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Number seven, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Number four, A Jurassic Park. Okay. I can get into it. Number three, E.T. I would flip those, but okay. Number two, Jaws. Ew, no. I would flip Jaws and Jurassic Park. So put Jurassic Park at number two? 
Yes. And of course, number one. A New Hope. Exactly. Yes! And we were we were just talking about how fantastic that score is the other yes. day. And um, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but he uh, requested that he was to do the music for Obi-Wan because he had not done a score for Obi-Wan. Like, Obi-Wan didn't have his own theme. Oh, and he did? And he did. So oh, nice. He I did it need to specifically so that Obi-Wan would have a theme. And they use the music so beautifully in that show. Oh, my oh, God. Nice. The music and the way they place it and the reveal of stuff. Like, the first time you hear the Imperial March, you realize that in the timeline of events that would be the first time it was played if that makes sense and so mm-hmm. it gives you like <laughs> and so it's just it's amazing yeah you should i think you might actually like it i mean it's a little slow but um i loved it yeah. and he did the music for it well that's amazing or some of it he didn't do all of it but he did some of it oh what a slacker I know. <laughs> I know god you're only 90 something get it together yeah god 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 um what else is going on? Uh, uh, popsicles uh, with the principal is happening today. That's where you find out who your teacher is. Oh, did it already happen? Uh, he's leaving now, I think. Oh, okay. So you'll have a happy or sad child when they return? You know, she doesn't really pay attention to the other teachers. So she doesn't know what she's getting into. Okay. Do you know what gotcha. I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. There's no rep- reputations yet. Yeah, it's not like, oh my God, I got Mrs. Um, who were the ones? Oh God, I forgot. Mrs. No. See, I forgot their names. It doesn't matter. But there were two when I was in elementary school that you didn't want to get them because they oh. were. Oh, one of them was Mrs. Freeman. I forgot what the other one was. And you just did not want to get them. And I ended up having them both. So that's great. I, in third grade, Mrs. Piper was the one. And the rumor Mm. was that when you were bad, she would take your finger and put it into a pencil sharpener and sharpen it. That wasn't true. It was not true because she would have been fired. Although maybe not because it was the 70s. But Right. um, But she might not be. And also, well, a little kid's finger might. It wouldn't get that far in there. No, you wouldn't. Um, But I had Mrs. Piper. For a teacher, not in the biblical way. And uh, she did not do that. I had, there was no verification of that fact. Biblical way. (laughs) Gross. Um, Yeah, so she won't know the difference. I do know that she has a man teacher. Mm. And that'll be new for her. Oh. Uh, Oh. Uh, And that's it. All right. Well, and so they go and have what's the format? They go and have popsicles in the gym or something? Yeah, they go and have popsicles on the playground. You get a packet with, you know, any essential information you may need and who your teacher is and hopefully your teacher's there. Mm. Um the problem is is that half the time they're not there, so it doesn't even matter. And I can look at the system and see who her teacher is. Mm. And when you walk in the school on the first day, there's always people standing there saying, okay, what class are you in? They're that way. Look for the signs. So, and she's in fifth grade now. So she knows the school and all that kind of stuff. So we could just probably dump her there day <laughs> off and be like, figure it out. You're fine. Yeah. You're big uh, enough. You're, you're big enough. Just figure it out. <laughs> I'm like, get, get a grip. Jesus Christ. Um, like with the attitude she has around here, you can figure out your own fucking teacher. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, but they're gonna go. So, all right. Anyhoozles. Um, anything else? No, not for me. All right. Okay. All right. See you guys later. <laughs> it's, uh, it's been good. Um. All right. The, um. So, well, let's just get into it. Let's get into it. There's Step a lot. A slim Jim. A lot. Break it open. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack today. Yeah. So it's probably good that we are getting into it. Um, All right. So today we are talking about our girl, the lovely and late Anne Heche. So my stuff comes, of course, from Wikipedia, Daily Telegraph, ABC News, TMZ, 
New York Times, AustralianNews.com.au. Excuse me. Um, Anne Celeste Hache was born, remember that, because that's interesting, it's going to come up later, was born on May 25th, 1969 Mm. in Aurora, Ohio, the youngest of five children of Nancy and Donald Hache. Her mother, Nancy, had and has been a Christian therapist since 1997 and since 2005 has focused on, quote, overcoming homosexuality. Shut up. Frequently speaking at events sponsored by evangelical Christian and Christian right groups, in particular, Love One Out, Love One Out, W-O-N, not O-N-E, uh, an ex-gay ministry originally sponsored by right. Focus on the Family. They, it, that sounds too much like rub one out. They really it sure to, does. As soon as I said it out that. loud, I'm like, oh, boy, like, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you want me to what? <laughs> yeah. uh, she's uh, associated with the group Rub One Out. Um, <laughs> now, this is also interesting. Uh, she and had four older siblings. She's the youngest. Uh, three of whom died before she did. Her eldest sister, Susan, died of of a brain tumor in 2006. Oh, my God. Yep. Um, And she had been a lecturer in literature, and and she was a Christian writer of some note, writing (laughs) under her married name of Susan Bergman, which sounds like a Jewish name. It sure does. Uh, she was best known for her 1994 memoir titled Anonymity, which was about her closeted gay father and the effects that his legacy had on the rest of the family. Anne's sister, Cynthia, died at two months of age oh, okay. from a heart defect. But I'm, re- I'm reading her book, Anne's book, which I haven't finished yet, but there seems to be some mystery surrounding the death of that sister. And then there was one boy in the family uh, who, uh, his name was Nathan. He died at 18 years old in a car crash three months after their father died. Now, she has said that his death was a suicide, although her mother and her surviving siblings at the time disputed this fact. Um, Abigail is the fourth sibling who is still alive. And then Anne was the youngest. That's nuts. Uh, Isn't that crazy? Anne Heche was estranged from the surviving members of her family for many years. Uh, A rift with her mother began when she first told her mother about her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, sure. Right? Uh, The rift deepened when she went public uh, with the allegations of sexual abuse uh, by her father. uh, And that also created a rift with her two living sisters at the time as well. Uh, in 2001, uh, she released her memoir, and in this memoir, uh, she wrote that her father uh, sexually abused her uh, for years, and she, uh, she, when she was a baby, she contracted genital herpes. Uh, her mother insisted that it was a diaper rash and refused to take her to the doctor. Uh, her mother, Nancy, has been outraged by her daughter's allegations and responded in a discussion of the book on an internet forum. She said, quote, I am trying to find a place for myself in this writing, a place where I, as Anne's mother, do not feel violated or scandalized. I find no place among the lies and blasphemies in the pages of this book. Interesting. Yeah. Her sister Abigail added, quote, it is my opinion that my sister Anne truly believes at this moment what she has asserted about our father's past behavior. However, at the same time, I would like to point out that Anne in the past has expressed doubts herself about the accuracy of such memories. Based on my experience and her own expressed doubts, I believe that her memories regarding our father are untrue. And I can state emphatically, regardless of Anne's beliefs, that the assertion that our mother knew about such behavior is absolutely false. In 2009, Anne told the New York Times 
Uh, quote, my mother had a very tragic life. Three of her five children are dead and her husband is dead. That she is attempting to change gay people, straight people, is, in my opinion, a way to keep the pain of the truth out. People wonder why I am so forthcoming with the truths that have happened in my life, and it's because the lies that I have been surrounded with and the denial that I was raised in, for better or worse, bore a child of truth and love. My mother preaches to this day the opposite of that core of my life. It is no mistake that she still stands up against love, and one wonders why I'm not rushing to have her meet my children. In 2011, Anne told the Daily Telegraph that she reconciled with her remaining sister, Abigail. However, she doubted she would be able to repair her relationship with her mother. Uh, her family moved 11 times during her childhood. At one point, they lived in an Amish community. Uh, sure. And she once said on uh, an interview on Larry King Live that her father's source of income was, uh, quote, well, he was a choir director, but I don't think he made much on that a week. He said that he was involved in a business of gas and oil, and he said that until the day he died, but he was never involved in the business of gas and oil ever. So just reading her book, like he would be gone for like weeks. He would go to New York City and just be gone for weeks. And like her mother would have like $5 to feed the family for a week. So it's just a lot of like noodles and all that sort of stuff. Sure. They eventually settled in Ocean City, New Jersey when she was 12 years old. And due to the family's strained finances, she went to work at a dinner theater Um, And she says, at the time, we'd been kicked out of our house and my family was holed up, living in a bedroom in the home of a generous family from our church. I got $100 a week, which is more than anyone else in my family. And we all pooled our money in an envelope in a drawer and saved up enough to move out after a year. On March 3rd, 1983, when she was 13, her 45-year-old father died of AIDS, uh, which she believed was contracted from a homosexual partner. She says he was in complete denial until the day he died. We know he got it from his gay relationships. Absolutely. I don't think it was just one. He was a very promiscuous man, and we knew his lifestyle then. She said that he repeatedly raped her uh, from the time she was an infant until she was 12. And when she was asked why a gay man would rape a girl in 2001, she said, I don't think he was just a gay man. I think he was sexually deviant. My belief was that my father was gay and he had to cover that up. I think he was sexually abusive. The more he couldn't be who he was, the more that came out of him in the ways that it did. And in a 1998 interview, she reflected that her father being closeted ultimately, quote, destroyed his happiness and our family. But it did teach me to tell the truth. Nothing else is worth anything. Um, The then three months after her father died, her brother died. The official determination was that he fell asleep at the wheel of the car and struck a tree, um, although she had claimed that it was suicide, but there is no proof one way or the other. Uh, The remainder of uh, the family who was left after that um, moved to Chicago. She attended a progressive school and in 1985, when she was 16, an agent spotted her in a school play and got her an audition for the daytime soap as the world turns. So she flew to New York, auditioned. She was offered the job, but her mother wouldn't let her do it. She said, you have to finish high school first. So shortly before her high school graduation in 1987, she was offered a dual role on a different soap opera that I will let you cover. Hmm. And uh, again, her mother said she couldn't do it, uh, but she was 18 and she was like, fuck you. And she got on the phone and said, send me the ticket. And she got the job. Her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres and the events following their breakup became subjects of widespread media interest. It was bananas at the time when they were dating. Uh, They started dating in 1997 and at one point said they would get a civil union if such became legal in Vermont. 
because, of course, marriage was still illegal at the time between same-sex couples. They broke up in the year uh, 2000 in August, and she stated that all of her other romantic relationships after that were with men. She does claim that there was professional fallout for her relationship with Ellen. She says that she was warned uh, not to attend the 1997 premiere of Volcano with Ellen, uh, but they went together anyway, and they were escorted out of the theater before the film had ended. Um, She does say that she never landed a studio picture after one that you will talk about, uh, co-starring Harrison Ford. uh, And she didn't do a studio picture after that for 10 years, uh, which she feels is, she blames firmly on her relationship with Ellen DeGeneres uh, and the people who were discriminating against her. Following her separation from Ellen in August 2000, She drove from Los Angeles to Cantua Creek in a Toyota SUV. She left her vehicle and wearing only a bra and shorts, walked a mile and a half before reaching a ranch house. Uh, The homeowner had seen her in a movie and recognized her and let her in after she knocked on the door. After drinking a significant amount of water, uh, and took off her Nikes and said she needed to take a shower. So the homeowner let her. She came out of the shower, came into the living room, asked for a pair of slippers, and then suggested that the two of them should sit down and watch a movie together. So after an, half an hour, the uh, homeowner called the sheriff's department. Uh, they came, and she told the deputies that she was God and was going to take everyone back to heaven in a spaceship. She then uh, was taken to Fresno's University Medical Center by ambulance and was admitted to its psychiatric unit, uh, but she was released within a few hours. She stated that she was, quote, insane for the first 31 years of her life and that her insanity was triggered by the sexual abuse that her father subjected to her during her infancy and childhood. In a series of nationally televised interviews with Barbara Walters, Matt Lauer, and Larry King to promote her book in September 2001, she stated that she created a fantasy world called the Fourth Dimension to make herself feel safe and that she had an alter ego who was the daughter of God and the half-sister of Jesus, and her name was Celestia. Right? Okay, okay. Who had contacts with extraterrestrial life forms. She said that she recovered from her mental health concerns following that incident and had put all of her alter ego business behind her. After her split from Ellen and being involved with Coley LaFoon, who was a cameraman that she met when she hired him as part of the camera crew for the television documentary she was directing, Ellen DeGeneres' American Summer. On September 1st, 2001, she and Coley LaFoon married. They had a son in March 2002. His name is Homer, uh, who is now 20, which is crazy. Uh, Coley LaFoon filed for divorce in February 2007 after five and a half years of marriage. And then uh, she took up with her one of her co-stars, James Tupper. During their relationship, she described them as being eternally engaged. Uh, she and James Tupper had a son in March 2009, whom they named Atlas. Okay. And I know. Uh, They separated in January 2018. On August 5th, 2022, she was involved in a sequence of three motor vehicle collisions in Los Angeles. The final crash being the most serious, inflicting critical injuries on her and destroying a house. The first collision took place when her vehicle struck an apartment garage and caused minor damage. A video released by TMZ shows her vehicle at the scene of the accident and an unidentified man repeatedly shouting out of the car at the driver. I don't know why I gave that such a voice out of the car. (laughs) car. 
the vehicle then reversed and left the scene of the accident. A photo of the driver, also released by TMZ, is identified as Anheish. Uh, TMZ also reported a second hit and run in which her vehicle struck a Jaguar without stopping, though without injury to the other driver. Um, and then the final one, uh, there's a doorbell video uh, recorded moments before the final crash that shows her driving down a neighborhood street. I've I watched the video today. She is driving very fast down the street. And then a few seconds later, you hear the sound of the crash. In the final crash, her vehicle struck the house, broke through the wall, and embedded itself 30 feet into the building. Jeez. And she was trapped inside. The vehicle caught fire, which in turn set the entire building on fire. The resulting house fire and extrication from the vehicle required 59 firefighters. Holy shit. Who took, I know who took 65 minutes to fully extinguish the fire and get her out of the car. Oh, my God. She had sustained severe burns and smoke inhalation uh, by the time she was finally rescued. The house was left structurally compromised and uninhabitable. The person living in the house was at the rear of the structure at the time of the collision and only sustained minor injuries, but her attorney said that she and her pets almost lost their lives and that she has lost all of her personal property in the fire. Mm. Uh, law enforcement officials said that she was deemed to be under the influence uh, under the influence and acting erratically at the time of the crashes. Uh, and there are allegations of drugs being in her system, but I that's not been confirmed. And so I'm not going to go into all of that stuff because mm -hmm. I don't know if it's true or not. Mm -hmm. um, was removed from the crash scene on a stretcher and transported to a hospital. She's filmed sitting up on the stretcher and struggling with paramedics. Yes, it's creepy. It is so creepy. Um, as she's being wheeled into the ambulance. Yeah, I watched that today, too. Um, however, she lost consciousness soon after she was put into the ambulance, and she never regained consciousness again. On August 8th, a representative for Anne said that she was in a coma in critical condition, requiring medical ventilation for pulmonary injury sustained in the accident. On August 11th, the same representative said that Anne was not expected to survive because of her brain injury that she had sustained in the crash and that she was being kept alive on life support to determine if her organs were viable for donation in accordance with her expressed wish to be an organ donor. She was declared brain dead a few hours later, but remained on life support to assess organ donor viability and to locate recipients. She was under California law when you're declared brain dead, then you are considered legally dead. Hmm. And she was 53 years old mm -hmm. when she died of her injuries. On August 14th, it was announced that organ recipients had been found and that her body would undergo the organ donation procedure that day. That evening, her publicist announced that she had peacefully been taken off of life support, and the office of the Los Angeles County Medical Examiner ruled her death an accident. Mm. In honor of her organ donation, hospital staff held an honor walk for her. Mm. In an eerie episode, sorry, in an eerie interview, in an episode of the podcast, Behind the Velvet Rope with David Yontef, uh, which was given just seven months ago. Anne Heche spoke about which two celebrities she wanted to play her, a young version of her, in a movie about her life. She said, I've already thought about it. Miley Cyrus or Kristen Bell. Anne Heche's cremated remains were interred in a mausoleum at Hollywood Forever Cemetery on August 23rd which was just Tuesday. Hmm. And that, in a painfully large nutshell, oh, so the sad. life and death, it really is. Yeah, watching those videos today was really very yeah, sobering. The, the one of her sitting up, and yeah, she's going so fast down that street. It, it, especially her saying that her brother's death was a suicide and he oh, got yeah. in an accident that's I, so it interesting makes you wonder 
Is that yeah. what she was doing? Because this was the th- third accident of that yeah. day. Of that, I think, week. Or week. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like she was she was doing it on purpose. That's, yeah, I did not put that together, but that is, oh, yeah, it was the same day, August 5th. Yeah, like, yeah. like yes, you're impaired, right? I, I get that, but, yeah, that just sounds kind of like, let's keep trying to get this Done. Yeah, that's because I mean she is going so fast so in a residential fast neighborhood. And obviously, you can't really tell, but that street looks very narrow. Yes. And so yeah, yeah. I just wonder if that was if it was that's like, yeah. A really interesting theory. And it's so weird, like when they're bringing her on the stretcher, and because she's completely covered with the sheet. Yeah, so it and looks you just like see those, she has passed. Yeah, you just see those hands come out first. Mm-hmm. And then gets the sheet off of her and then sits up. And then, yeah, it's really, really eerie. And I read somewhere, because there was a clarification on it, it's not like they thought she was dead and that's why she was completely covered. They knew that she was alive. It was like a burn blanket. Uh, like a specialty sort of blanket when you're suffering from burns. And that's why she was completely covered. Uh, it wasn't like, oh, she's dead. It they knew that she was alive, but that's just what they had to do, apparently. Um, but it made it creepier, that is for sure. Yeah. And what is just a tortured life? Uh, I know. God. Uh um, all right. So, so what'd she do? So let's talk about her career. <laughs> Uh, Heche had her debut, her television role was on the soap. Oh God, okay, let's start over because that was a stroke. I just had. <laughs> Heche had her de- her television debut on the soap opera Another World in the role of Marley Love and her evil twin, Vicky Hudson. <laughs> and I loved her. Oh I God. was obsessed. 100%. She was so fucking good. She was so good. I was obsessed. I thought she was the absolute fucking best. I was like, yep. this is so amazing. Oh my gosh. She was so good. So, 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 so good. Um, Heche continued on the series for nearly four years from 1987 to 1991. She received several awards for her work on Another World, including a daytime Emmy Award for Outstanding Younger Actress in a Drama Series. Her primetime television debut... And her first role in any medium outside of another world came in November 1991 in a guest appearance on an episode of Murphy Brown. She made her TV Hmm. movie debut the following year with a brief appearance in the Hallmark Hall of Fame presentation of Oh, Pioneers. Oh, Pioneers. (laughs) Oh, you Pioneers. (laughs) What will you learn? In 1993, she made her feature film debut in Disney's The Adventures of Huck Finn with Elijah Wood. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was her feature film debut? Oh, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) Over the next two years, she performed mainly in supporting roles in feature films such as I'll Do Anything and cable television movies such as Girls in Prison Mm. (laughs) and Kingfish, a story of Huey P. (laughs) (laughs) Scintillating. She appeared in her first lead role in Donald Kamel's erotic thriller, Wild Side, alongside Mm. Christopher Walken and Joan Chen. The film gained some notoriety for its inclusion of a very strong lesbian sex scene between Mm. Heish and Chen. In 1996, Heish had the starring role as a college student contemplating an abortion in a segment of the made-for-HBO anthology film, If These Walls Could Talk co-starring Cher and Demi Moore. Also in the same year, she appeared alongside Catherine Keener, portraying uh, childhood best friends in the independent film Walking and Talking. Uh, This limited release film garnered favorable reviews from critics and is number 47 on Entertainment Weekly's Top 50 Cult Films of All Time. Um... Let's see. In 1997, Hayes starred in what has been described as her breakthrough role as the wife of Johnny Depp's titular FBI <laughs> undercover, undercover agent in the crime drama Donnie Brasco. I don't think I've ever seen that. 
Uh, dead, but uh, a million years ago. The film made 124 million worldwide, and critic Goodness. Janet Maslin of the New York Times wrote, "Hayes does well with what could have been the could have been a thankless role." <laughs> Shocking for a woman. <laughs> for a woman. <laughs> um, by the late 1990s, Hayes uh, continued to find recognition and commercial success as she took on supporting roles in three other 1997 high-profile film releases: Volcano. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Sorry, I said that really funny because I'm very. Funny. I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you you stamp. <laughs> oh, pioneers! <laughs> oh, pioneers! I know what you did last summer. You churn butter. <laughs> People are sitting at home going, "What? What? Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> and wag the dog um in the disaster film volcano about the formation of a a volcano in los angeles oh my god it's so glorious it's terrible (laughs) but i love it so much Uh, she she was she starred alongside tommy lee jones and gabby hoffman playing a seismologist She the seismologist is funny. Um, she portrayed the minor role of a backwoods loner in the slasher thriller sleeper hit. I know what you did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh, here we go. Off the rails. <laughs> Starring Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Geller, Ryan Philby, and Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, despite her limited screen time in the film, Hesh was considered a standout in uh, some of its reviews. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, Hesh's first lead role in a major motion picture was a 1998 romantic adventure, Six Days, Seven Nights, where she appeared opposite Harrison Ford, portraying a New York journalist who ends up with a pilot on a deserted island following, ooh, a crash landing. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, and uh, as you had already said, uh, she felt that her relationship with DeGeneres kind of derailed her uh, movie career. Um, in 1998, she starred in Gus Van Sant's Psycho, a remake, obviously, of the 1960 film. She uh, played Marion Crane, the role originated by uh, Janet Lee. Now, this Psycho is a movie that I love. Okay. And I am the only person that I know who loves it. Everyone else that I know hates it. Didn't see it. But I love it. And I love her in it. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, she spent uh, 1998 and 2000 uh, through 2001 uh, directing, often writing her own screenplays. Um, and let's see what else. She was in If These Walls Could Talk 2 on HBO. Um, and then she sort of drifted into some more... Um, independent films in the early 2000s um she, let me see she played the role of dr sterling in the film adaptation of prozac nation mm-hmm. with uh christina ricci and jessica lang and she had a recurring role on ally mcbeal Mm. um and uh da, 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 in 2004 she received a primetime emmy award nomination for best supporting actress for her performance in the lifetime movie gracie's choice huh. as well as a saturn award nomination for best actress for her performance in the cbs television film the dead will tell Interesting. in the same year she acted opposite Alec Baldwin in the revival of the play 20th Century on Broadway about a successful and egomaniac Broadway director, Baldwin, <laughs> nice choice, who has transferred a chorus girl, Heche, into leading lady for her performance. She was nominated for a Tony Award for Best Actress in a Play. Lovely. Um, in 2004, she appeared alongside uh, Nicole Kidman in Birth. She has done roles on Everwood, Nip Tuck, 
Um, she did another made for lifetime movie, Fatal Desire. Mm. Um, so she, then she kind of started going into the uh, the lifetime movie sides of things, and we sort of all know what that means. In fact, she has um a lifetime movie coming out in September. Yeah. That's so gonna that's, be weird. That's interesting. She was also in My Friend Dahmer. She played Jeffrey Dahmer's mother. Uh, she has been in episodes of Chicago PD. She was on Dancing with the Stars. Oh, I don't she remember a, that. Yeah, she was eliminated her fourth week. Oh boy. Um, yeah. So that's really her uh career there. Did you see birth? I did not. Me either. I've always been curious about it, though. Yeah, I have. I have not. I haven't seen a lot of Anne Hache stuff, really. Did you, did you ever watch Men and Trees? I did not. I didn't either. I saw Gretchen today, and she loved that show. Um, but I never watched it either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, good. Well, good. Yes. Well, good. <laughs> so, uh, what movie did you require us to watch? I made us watch yes yeah mm-hmm. walking and talking yes which is from uh open july 17th 1996 <laughs> on your birthday to, and to celebrate your birthday birth. to celebrate my birth uh directed by nicole hall of center who i adore her i love all of her movies i think she is so fantastic but you didn't like this movie at all no, it was fucking terrible. It was oh. terrible. I hated every moment. I hated, listen, listen, Catherine Keener, I love her. Okay. And I, but no, 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 I hated it. You love it. I do love it. I do love oh it. Oh my God. I just, I can't like, uh, yeah, no, no. That, that, that trope of we've been best friends forever and we've never told each other the truth about the things that make us mad about the other person. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah, I just no. I didn't I did not enjoy. I did not enjoy. It is very much of the 90s. It is very much 90s indie movie, yeah. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Sure. Um it is I'm just going to read the description from the I, the M, the D and the B. And if you were wondering who Anna Heche's boyfriend was, like I was for half the movie, I finally figured it out. He was in Twister. Ah. That's where you recognize him from. Uh, so just as Amelia thinks she's over her anxiety and security, her best friend announces her engagement, bringing her anxiety and insecurity right back. That wasn't so hot. So they play like lifelong friends. <laughs> um, Catherine Keener is just a mess going through a lot of stuff. Uh, and it's really not a lot happens. It really is very much yeah, a character no, study. It um, it is probably the only time that I really like Leif Schreiber. He is, um, he is good. Yeah. And we also have the extra added bonus of Allison Janney. Yes. Which I did not know she was movies. in this. In both movies. So uh, that was fun. I know. I was like, oh, that's Allison I did like that scene where it's like, we're not going to leave until you feel better. I have the whole afternoon. And Catherine Keener's like, oh, no, I, I feel great. I feel, I feel great. As I also adore, I, I also adore Catherine Keener. Um, I really actually loved the experience of watching these two movies together. Um, okay. Because for me, I think Anne Heche is so talented. Really and... Is. I find her so believable in walking and talking. And I do also in six days. Oh, sorry. I you gave it sorry. away. <laughs> sorry. Everyone was <laughs> waiting with bated breath. Also in the other movie. Yes, yes. Um, but it's just requires a different kind of acting. Yes. And I, I really appreciated her adaptability to the different styles. Um, sure. so I thought that was really fascinating. There was a couple of moments I loved when Catherine Keener takes her cat, whose name is Big Jeans, <laughs> to the vet, and the vet's like, That's a fat cat. <laughs> like, oh, right. Um, and also Anne Heche's boyfriend slash 
Esh fiance gives her the engagement ring in her diaphragm case. That is so, uh, right. Ew. Yeah, that's Come just on. gross. And there's just this little bit of trivia that I thought was interesting. Uh, Anne Heche was one of the many considered for the opening scene in Scream 3. And if she would have been cast, she would have been playing the girlfriend of Liev Schreiber. And much as uh, the fact when I say that Val Kilmer is the best Batman, I also hold to the fact that Scream 3 is the best of the Scream franchise, which Joe feels the same way that you feel about the Batman comment. Um, ah, which one is the Scream 3? The one with Parker Posey. Um, when they're making uh, the movie. Oh, oh, but you know who else is in it? Who? It's fucking Jen, Jen, Jen. Oh, Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. Jen, Jen. Um, you know, I don't have any strong feelings about the, 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 the uh, scream franchise believe it or not so right. I, I, i'm all right with it but yeah that val kilmer shit needs to be <laughs> on lockdown uh, <laughs> um, but yeah i love this going? movie i love how it ends i think it's super sweet i just really i like the two of them together um yeah i just liked it it's not my favorite of of nicole holoff center's movies um, but I, I do enjoy it. But I understand. Yeah, I mean, it's really just, it really is the quintessential 90s slice of life independent film. And there are some that I enjoy, or I think I enjoyed it. I'll find out whenever I rewatch them if I still enjoy them. Um, and this just isn't one of them. I just, the whole, the whole, single New York woman basket case. It's just like, stop, stop it. Like, stop. I don't know. It just, it it was, and like, Anne Heche's relationship with her um, fiance, I just was like, oh God, stop. This makes me sad. (laughs) (laughs) Sad for you guys. And then he gives her, his, he has a mole that she keeps like mm, yeah. bothering him to get checked out and so he finally gets it checked out and he gives it to her yeah that's gross and it was really gross um so he has a way with gifts is what we're saying um but yeah i mean yeah i wouldn't recommend watching it honestly but joe would did you recognize harold ramus in the when she goes to see that play I didn't either. I read it today. It's like, oh man, I didn't recognize him. Oh my God. Yeah. Interesting. How many would you give it? Two, I guess. (laughs) Begrudgingly. (laughs) Two. Yeah. Two. The actors are good. It's just, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I get that. I would give it four. Okay. Okay. So, but I, I I do understand where you're coming from. It's probably not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Sure. It's just it's the type of movie that you kind of just have to have the, you have to want to watch that. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Good performances. For yes, sure. for sure. Um, the movie that I made us watch is Six Days, Seven Nights with yes. Harrison Ford. Um, yes. So let's just give a little dribble drabble. It was released June 12th, 1998. Action adventure comedy film. Ah, there's a lot of words there that don't apply. Um, <laughs> it was directed by Ivan Reitman. Oh, that's that's upsetting. Um, she plays Robin, a New York editor for a fashion magazine called Dazzle. Her boyfriend, Frank Martin, who is played by David Schwimmer. Ugh. I know. Oh, God. Surprises her with a week-long vacation to, how do they say it? It's in the South Pacific, wherever it is. Um, 
so they have to get on this little like little puddle jumper and Harrison Ford is their uh, pilot and you think oh my god they're gonna crash right now and hilarity will ensue but it doesn't they throw you a little twist um, they actually make it to where they're supposed to be they start their vacation her and David Schwimmer get engaged and then she has to Allison Janey is her boss um and Allison Janie calls her and is like, we need you to get to Tahiti. I'm sending everyone to Tahiti so they can be closer to you. You got to finish this photo shoot. And so Anne Hayes goes to Harrison Ford to say, hey, can you fly me to Tahiti? And that's when they crash. Um, you hated this. I liked it. I had fun with that. I enjoyed it. Are you fucking? See, you're fucking with me now. I'm not. At no. first, no, I was no, no, like, no, 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 you're <laughs> fucking with me now. You are being contrary, and I don't appreciate it. You liked it. I did. I had fun with it. I did. Oh, I enjoyed myself. I can't. I'm gonna throw my with David Schwimmer. I did enjoy that, and then oh, I, he is terrible. I resented every time they cut I back to him <laughs> because I it's like if it. this. Uh, first of all, we don't really need a, a name in this role. No, absolutely And we not. wouldn't keep cutting back to him if it wasn't David Schwimmer. If it wasn't David Schwimmer, for sure. For sure, for so sure. So I didn't care sure. about that. Harrison Ford is just so charming, first of all. He um, really is. I, I have conflicting... See, you know, Harrison Ford has a very special place in my heart for obvious yes. reasons. But he's not... He was good in regarding Henry, if I remember correctly. Um but he's good at Han Solo. That's kind of his thing. But he was, there was moments in this where I was like, oh, you're acting a little bit, Mr. Ford. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so before we go further, did you hated this movie? I hated it. Let me tell you why. Okay, go ahead. There were absolutely zero stakes. For a movie True. about being in a plane crash on an island, literally i was not worried for them ever now obviously you're not going to be worried for you know they're going to make it up exactly but but i was like oh they're like like at one point they say how far they are like they're super close to where they flew from um there's going to be planes overhead at some point like i was just never worried it wasn't high stakes it wasn't high stakes. it was kind of it was like oh okay yeah. Um, I mean, I, I'm not pretending that it was a good movie. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But you enjoyed it. But I enjoyed myself, yeah. And it certainly is like a plane crash, obviously, only in the movies. Because they have food, they have drink. At one point, at, when they're like eating dinner or whatever under the stars, th there's a little ukulele propped up against something. And I'm like, right. they have all the modern conveniences. Like uh, Tom Hanks was nowhere to be found. They were, they were <laughs> not rough. Yeah. Um, so. <sighs> maybe had I, maybe we should always watch these things. Together. Maybe we should, I, maybe we should. Because I, I do have less patience for stuff by myself. I'm just, I get like, that. Ugh. Ugh. I um, get that. And when I'm with someone else, I can feel their like yes energy and like I can see what they're because I can imagine myself enjoying it in different circumstances. Harrison Ford was charming. He he was his usual gruff self, but yeah. not as hardcore. Yeah. And so there were layers to him. Um David Trimmer, I wanted him to die. Yes. A terrible death. That being said, I did like, like, you know, okay, he's going to cheat on her with Harrison Ford's girlfriend. Like, that's inevitable. But I did like how they didn't just hand it over. You know yes. what I mean? But also, that happens first so that we as the audience feel much better about Anne Heche getting together with Harrison Ford. Right. Because it is a little ridiculous. Because do they ever say how long they're gone? No. I was going to say six days, but that's not what that was in reference to. Um, I mean, so a few a days because the pirates are there. Days yeah, I think it's I like mean, the, three. And I so, like, yeah, they kind of yeah. have this little, they kind of have, you know, they have a connection. And so they kiss and the way they both play it does make it feel like, oh, okay. Yeah, you guys should kiss. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
they both do it very, very well. And she, they both resist. They both do the right thing. Like they just kiss once and then it's like it. And so it's sweet, but it's just, my thing was, is that the way she plays it in the beginning when they first get to the island and she's with him very much the way the relationship in walking and talking was like they're together it's comfortable but it's not it's not exciting yeah and that would have been enough for me do you know what i mean yeah like he didn't have to cheat on her he was enough of a dork that if given the choice between harrison ford and him and thinking i'm gonna die yeah, I'm going to fuck Harrison Ford. Right, yeah. I'm going to die. And my other option is David Schwimmer. I'm <laughs> fucking Han Solo. That's what's happening. I also did like, see, I could have liked it. See, we have to watch these together, I feel, maybe. Anyway, I did like how they they addressed his age versus her age. Yeah, I did too. That was the other thing too. Like if you can get past the 30 year age difference, because she was still in her twenties when she made this film. Oh my God. Um, seriously. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Um, but yeah, if you can get past that 30 year standard Hollywood age difference, which can be a little creepy. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. Like they, they acknowledged it head on. Yeah. In a realistic way. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm old. I'm set in my way, you know, blah, blah, blah. And she, she's kind of like oh yikes like yes yeah you're right thing yeah and i think it is actually refreshing that they acknowledge that there's a huge age gap between the two of them yes yeah and so she has that information and so she's able to make a decision rather than just being like hollywoodized into this forced relationship right of like love at first sight and even though you're old enough to be my grandfather right and they both make the decision to not fall into this relationship and the whole their whole thing is just about getting out. So there there were some things that were refreshing about the formulaicness of it's just that there were no high stakes. And just David Schwimmer, oh god. Yeah. Um yeah. So but I was ex- like the pirates that was a exciting like ooh moment for me and like when she's landing the plane I was like ooh there was I have those <laughs> moments. Ooh. Do you know who that pirate was, my friend? What pilot? The pirate. The pirate. pirate. Do you know who that was? That was a man who plays Boba Fett, baby. Oh, really? Han Solo and Boba Fett in the same movie, baby. Yes. Wow. The only two notes I have for both these movies are one of the pirates is Boba Fett, and then Alice and Janie in both. (laughs) That's all I wrote. (laughs) Um, I wrote, uh, oh, let's have a photo shoot in the hallway of our office building for some reason (laughs) at the beginning. And then Amy Sedaris was the secretary at the beginning, and she didn't get, have a single close-up. You just saw her from here back. She's the one who brings the flowers in at the beginning. Oh, really? when, yes, because I recognized her voice, and I was like, oh, Amy Sedaris. And then that was it. And then I looked it up, and she is. So three Star Wars people. She maybe. plays secretary. Because she's in the Star Wars universe, you know. What does she do? She was in The Mandalorian. Oh, that's right. Wow. And then Boba Fett, I was like, oh my God, it's Boba Fett. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get uh, that because, you know, Joe has a podcast, which is called Scaring and Sharing, which is fantastic. Um, but they did uh, a movie last week called uh, The Night of the Demon, which mm-hmm. they were saying how it was a terrible movie, but it's fun. So I watched, I started to watch it. I watched about an hour of it and I'm like, this is just bad. Yeah. But I feel like if I would have watched it with someone like Xanadu, like it, you know, watching that just as a serious movie to sit down and watch by yourself. Yeah. I would be like, "Mm." but yeah, Yeah. being able to play off somebody and laugh at it. Exactly. I can now watch it again and remember the giggle fits exactly and enjoy it yes so yes i think maybe our schedules though but yeah no because i think half of this shit i would like a lot more if i wasn't watching it by myself now walking and talking i still would have hated (laughs) i'm just i'm just putting it out there i still would have hated it and six days seven nights is not a good movie but i would have enjoyed it more and there were elements that i didn't enjoy um especially for that type of movie. Yeah. Um, it just could have been better. Oh, it for sure. Been better. Yeah. It could have been better. 
Yeah, but I really, so, yeah. I loved, um, I just loved watching her do the different things, which I thought was good. Yes. Yeah, I had fun. Really, I had fun. She was really a natural. Yeah, she was. Mm. So rest in peace, Anne Heche. Yes. May these wings. Fi- okay, I don't. <laughs> um, so that's that, I guess, right? Yeah. Anne so Heche. do we know what we're going to do for our wee pod? Duh. We do. And I think you will have to come over and watch this one, too. Um, we're going to watch Merely Marvelous, the okay. dancing genius of Gwen Verdon. <gasps> the documentary about Gwen Verdon. All right. Who I adore. So. Also, so funny. Um, so, yeah. If you want to write us a letter, a letter, <laughs> write a letter. us at 54321 <laughs> Blast Off Avenue. Um, you can send us an email to threefunnyladies at gmail.com. Or follow us on the Instagram where I have nothing to do with it because I always forget at uh, <laughs> Three Funny Ladies Podcast. And you can slide into those DMs. You can also yeah. smash oh, that like button. <laughs> That's what Val Kilmer would do. <laughs> I've I've been on a friend's kick lately again. Um, and where uh, it's the Chandler and Monica's wedding is coming up. And mm-hmm. so Rachel gets all the boys tuxedos from because she works at Ralph Lauren. Mm-hmm. And there's the whole rack of like the famous people tuxedos that have yes, been yes. brought back. And the one that I think that Ross gets is uh, Val Kimmer's yes. uh, tuxedo from the premiere of Batman Forever. Or Wait, something. doesn't jo- doesn't Joey? Get- oh no, because Joey's the uh, yeah, but Joey is supposed to have one, and then he comes in his. Uh, yes, in his costume because, from the movie. <laughs> because his, what is the guy's name? Oh, crap. It just flew out of my head. Gary Oldman. He was in a Batman, too. He was in a Batman yep. movie, too, my friend. Yeah. Uh, you're either in Batman or Star Wars, okay? <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, or, 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 or Marvel. Marvel yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, quick update about Batgirl. Oh, yeah. Listen to this bullshit. Mm-hmm. They deleted it. Oh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. Uh, say what you thought I was going to say in a moment. They fucking deleted it. There is no way ever to release it. They deleted all the footage. They've been having uh, what they're calling funeral screenings on the Warner Brothers lot for the people who worked on the film. I but it's mean, like, what the fuck good is that? That's I'm just, gonna, I, that, to me, that's like throwing salt on the wound. Right? Hey, come watch this movie that no one else will ever see. Yeah. No one will believe you. We're showing it to you because no one will believe you. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, that's just some fucking bullshit. Bullshit. Anyway, that's why you have to be a Marvel fan. You know what I'm saying? Uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll see you guys next week. For sure. Um, okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.